Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. We don't know what week we're going to be talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This could be anything. We're, we're just uh, in the ether now. We don't know what day it is. We don't know what time or movies. are. Uh, probably a lot of Nick Cage movies are playing. I would hope. But yeah, we don't know. I'm going on vacation coming up. And are it's, you on vacation right now, I guess, in a way? Yeah, by the time... Because I, I think... You know, Gwen gets mad, not really mad, but <laughs> Gwen, she's not like, she's not like standing there like a Andy Cap yeah, like, wife, you like know? my wife waiting to pick me up when I'm taking too long podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I told you to sneak out the side door That's and good. pretend you're outside already. She listened to that one with me and was like yucking it up during that. I was like, okay, I kind of mentioned you a couple of times. So, you yeah. know. But I'm a workaholic, I guess. But it's so easy now because you could be at a hotel room with your laptop you know, watching Colbert after a long day of vacationing. Yeah. And you could be social media. You make that sound and, like that's a lot of effort. Oh, it's a long day of oh vacationing. God, yeah. like, oh, I'm so hard done by it. So to put up the podcast, I don't want to record one on the road. Yeah. So we're going to record one now and just randomly talk about stuff, which we've done before. We, we never have a <laughs> spoiler lack of half an hour to talk about stuff. Yeah. And at the end, I just say, which I'll say now, if you're listening to this podcast and looking for timely programming notes we don't have them right now but just go look at the website and everything will be fine so you can just copy and paste that and then paste it at the end of the thing here. yeah <laughs> you don't even have to re-record those lines yeah i'm like sitting in a hotel room just yeah. doing that it's like it's brilliant gwen's like what we're trying to go out and do this thing you're like i gotta do this thing again <laughs> like at a nice restaurant or yeah. something oh, that would be amazing i've just got to go to the bathroom for a minute it's like <laughs> why do you have your laptop <laughs> do you have wi-fi here yeah, i really need this and don't tell my wife but so, yeah, so we did a normal podcast wow. and then we're doing this one and then I'm getting together with Lee tomorrow. And it's funny because Man. we just talked about Star Wars a lot on the last <laughs> podcast. So the next one will be all Star Wars again. So I guess we'll try not to talk about Star Wars. Yeah, we'll talk about Star Wars, which we'll sucks because I'm still really amped on Star Wars because we just talked about it. But I won't. Yeah, I was emotionally overwhelmed, like for real after yeah. seeing it. But I really was. I almost cried anyway. But what I will talk about, because it's interesting, we often get requests for festivals or, you know, retro screenings. In 2019, we did have a very good run. Mm -hmm. We had Friday 13th, Blade Runner, Akira. A number of things did very well. But we can also look back on my dearly departed Kids Fest, yeah. where once a month we do a free screening where we were hoping to make money off of selling popcorn and parents buying tickets, but mm -hmm. any kid under 12 got in free with a little membership they bought. Nice. And... People who came thought it was a great idea, and if I remember correctly, we screened everything from Pee-Wee's Big Adventure, Labyrinth, Land yeah. Before Time, a lot of cool retro stuff. Last Starfighter. Yeah, possibly GoBots. I don't know. That might have been a different thing. No, that was a or different thing. maybe that thing. never happened. That was in we your just, mind. We were talking about yeah. GoBots. <laughs> but it stuff. just, it didn't work. I think out of, God, did we do it for like a year and a half, maybe a bit longer? Two were actually profitable of... And barely of yeah. 40 or 50 people showing up. The average attendance was like 15 people. And right on cue, after I canceled it, and Lee, good on him, a, a good supportive yeah. co-owner, was like, we could keep trying. You know, we're doing fine in other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, But I was like, no, I feel bad because, you know, we'll, we'll do a screening of Parasite at 1.30 and get 100 people. So yeah. it's it's tough when you're a little business. You, you want to have fun, but you also got to be realistic. Yeah. So we canceled that screening, and right on cue, a couple parents were like, hey, you should do kids' stuff. God. And I said, did you come to any of these? And they were like, no. <laughs> uh, that's uh, not great. So the latest one is some 
fine Mayfair patron fan wants to do a Nick Cage fest. And it's not me somehow. And it's not Eric. I can't yeah. even believe. Although I will say I have been begging Lee for two years to do a Nick Cage fest. Like with the understanding that I'm like, I get it. It's not, you know, if it doesn't make sense, it's fine. I know it's mainly me who's excited. Lee's going to have the meeting with the guy and it's you in, in like oh a monocle God. and yeah, a fake beard. Yeah, with the beard. mustache and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so good. It would be a fake beard over my beard. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that'd yeah. be better. It's like, why did you even do this? But anyway. But Lee has said, and I think he won't mind me saying this, is that a number of times over the career at the Mayfair, our career at the Mayfair, he spends time talking people out of a screening mm-hmm. and saying, look, we'll take your money. Yeah. We'll do this, but it's going to be a tough sell because I've been in the the sad position of we did a screening for, I think it was just the Girl Guides or something Girl Guides-esque. Yeah, yeah. Totally don't remember what movie they screened, but they screened a nice family-friendly movie. There's all these Girl Guides here. They were selling things cookies whatever and then they were all very nice but i was in the uncomfortable position of they thought they would make enough money off of box office to pay their tab right they did not and they (laughs) They can't pay cookies you know 15 dollars in loonies from their cookie fund which means you monster i know i felt so (laughs) the person was so nice because she was laughing as i was feeling bad but i told them i said I said, it's tough. Like, it's tough doing a screening, especially when it's only one, because then you're paying for a rental fee for a single screening where usually, you know, we can space it out. That Mm. fee, we can play it for a week. Yeah. So you're paying that. You're paying our fee. And our fee, from what I understand, is fairly reasonable compared to other places. Yeah. And sometimes you just don't make money. And I've recently, there was one for a, a, a very nice, very well-meaning and ambitious political environmental person and she put on a screening and like five people showed up and she was sad and i and i told her and and she seemed very appreciative of me telling her this i was like that happens with us where we'll book a movie where we think it's going to do really well and then just no one shows up yeah so it just happens or my friends work in restaurants and some days on a friday night they'll have a full kitchen staff on and servers and everybody ready to go and two people show up yeah so it just happens you know so a nick cage fest i joked and i said well eric and i will go oh god yeah (laughs) but then like you just said off mic i believe we're in the problem too of a number of his stuff is disney yeah well that's no national treasure no the rock you know others i (laughs) think even raising arizona might be not Disney, but one of their 80s like yeah. Hollywood pictures or Touchstone or something. I, I might be wrong. It but. could be Universal, but I have nothing to base that on. But I, I love the idea of a world where somebody does a three-day in a row, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Nick Cage Fest at 7 and 9, showing six different movies and a ton of people come. It's such a... I, I don't think I mean, it would happen. I want to, it's such a cool we're, idea. We're bad business people because we're like, we, no, no, well, no, don't do that. Uh, but I mean, that said, though, I will say, like, I, he has enough fans and enough breadth of catalog that it could potentially balance out. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, not everything's going to sell out or whatever. But I mean, there's like Face Off, for example. I think Face Off could do well. Uh, yeah. You know, it's got enough of a niche audience. It's been a while. You got Travolta, you know, all that stuff. And like, I mean, he does have like, but but, but where are you skewing this to? Like, are you, are you playing Leaving Las Vegas? Because yeah. like, is and is that gonna do better than a than like I don't know? Take your pay, like Ghost Rider, you know? Like we played, what's the movie called? David Bowie did a kind of heavy war movie. 
Oh. Merry Christmas, Mr. Oh, something. Oh, God. Does that sound familiar? I, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean, and I can't remember the name of it now. So we played that around the time David Bowie died. Yeah. And I think our thought was, we've never screened this before. It's a very acclaimed film. He's very acclaimed in it. It's something a bit different. Yeah. And I think we had just screened Labyrinth somewhat recently in the aforementioned Terrible Disaster of a Kids Festival. Yeah, well. So we played that, and nobody came. You know, like five people came, 10 people came. Yeah. And so, you know, playing something old and cool yeah. isn't a guarantee. We've had that with, you know, Goonies or Space Jam yeah. or Stand By Me, where just nobody came. Not all the time. Sometimes it works. But you'll notice that we play something like a James Bond Fest or a Back to the Future Fest yeah. less now versus... Here's Ghostbusters. Here's Blade Runner. Like a one-off yeah, yeah. like that. Here's Die Hard 3. You're like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> Even right. Die Hard. That's an example where yeah. years back we'd play Die Hard and there'd be 250 people in the crowd and it would be a double bill. So they, everyone could just stay. And I swear there was one year Die Hard 2 went down to like 30 people. And that's winter. It's like I you swear. can stay inside yeah. a warm place where you already are. Yeah. And they're like, nah, I'd still rather not. Yeah. So, <laughs> he, he wins at the end. I get it. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's 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 tough. Yeah, but I, and I I think like I do think it's it's you know and I know I know how biased I come across here, but like realistically considering how many films he's done, I do think it's possible. But you have to be so specific on the titles and the times you're showing them, and because yeah, like I mean, if you're playing like you know like the nine o'clock leaving Las Vegas at nine, I don't think that's gonna work. Like yeah, it's just heavy and long, and like I mean, he won an Oscar clearly, but. I don't know. Are people going to stay till 11 o'clock or whatever to watch the saddest movie? Like- well, we'll get that too. Where recently, it was a nice complaint, but uh, an older lady came in and I forget what it was. It might have been The Lighthouse or something like that. <laughs> but she said, are you going to have any matinees of The Lighthouse? Mm. And I said, that has happened before with an R-rated movie in a early time slot, but it's not common. Mm-hmm. And I said... Because we have one screen and because we go through movies pretty fast, we might only have the opportunity to have Lighthouse for three, four nights. Yeah. And if at the same time we're screening something a bit more family friendly or something that, you know, not to profile people, but something that an older crowd might come to, like something like Going Attractions or a silent film, those will go in the matinee slots. Something like something we're playing right around now, like Uncut Gems, that's mm-hmm. a brand new movie, will play in seven and usually nine because yeah. I think it's restricted. I think so, yeah. But, you know, when we're screening a purely family friendly film like Frozen or something like that, mm-hmm. which we did years back, that will never be in a nine o'clock time slot. No, never. It's just terrible. Maybe that horror movie Frozen, which is, uh, yeah. which is a gem, let we me tell you. That too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, is a, that is a good movie, forgotten about, but. Yeah, maybe don't slip up with the switch and then play that one in the matinee. Yeah. Yikes. But when you have one screen, you have to just kind of say, sorry, these are just going to be at nine. Yeah. Or if it's something weird and culty, you're like, nope, that's going to be at nine. It's interesting. I didn't realize Lighthouse was restricted. Cause like, maybe I, it wasn't. Maybe I, it was just 14. Well, but I mean, it's nightmarish, though. Oh, like, God. that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I, you saying that, I, I totally get that. Cause like, that movie gets under your skin and yeah. like is, but it's also, it's weird because it's black and white. 
you would think like your your brain's instinct is like oh it's less you know scary or it's less gory or whatever but i almost found the black and white to be like scarier like in that movie well like for example by the time i put this up it'll still be before we screen color out of space oh and perfect timing for nick cage fest that's gonna be nine o'clock time slots yeah like that's oh yeah well and it's you know, it's weird it's it's you know yeah like that's not i mean seven could work but i think yeah. it's way more of a nine movie and then same with the elijah wood horror oh, comedy yeah. i think come to daddy that'll be at nine o'clock yeah but then we have a kind of goofy interesting documentary called mr toilet Oh, yeah. Um, I keep forgetting about that. And then I see the trailer. I'm like, right. And that'll be all over the place. That'll be a matinee. That'll yeah, be a yeah. 7 o'clock show. But I bet you it won't be a 9 o'clock show because it's a little bit more for that, not mainstream, but a little yeah. bit more the the not stay up late crowd. And it looked like PG-ish. Like, I could yeah. be wrong, but like the trailer kind of, you know, it looked normal. And, it's, and it is. It's a weird movie, but it's a weird <laughs> you know friendly educational film yeah it, it's not like american dharma or something it's it's not like oh, a man. depressing documentary actually hell maybe it is a depressing documentary because i think it's showing about like there's not enough toilets in the world yeah yeah we're They're screwed like, this guy's got a shitty <laughs> job you're like please stop saying that joke like yeah. we get it but yeah or we have vh yes coming up and that'll probably be a couple screenings in you know a late time slot because it's a weird cult movie okay i couldn't tell if it was a documentary or not no i think it's a pseudo documentary maybe kind of blair witch style almost so like mockumentary almost yeah like like a comedic found footage thing where it's like like a bunch of shorts about public access and stuff but i know like susan sarandon's in it and so like there's some actors in it yeah so i think it's it's fake documentary weird i i I had no idea all right well that's good i guess i'm more excited now i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but uh nick cage guy please do it do it. Please yeah, do please. it. We'll, we'll do our best to help. I've, I, you know, I've got my list of the best cage flicks here, but I mean, see, Vampire's Kiss, I think that's due for a, a rediscovery, assuming it's not Touchstone. See, I would like to see, I mean, if there was no limitations, I'm trying to think. Which there like, are, but. I've never seen Vampire's Kiss on the big screen. I, I, I don't know how many people have, yeah. frankly, like, because that was 1988, I think. And like, yeah, I, that was not a hit. I mean, it's... I've seen it. God, was it like eight or nine years ago here at the Mayfair, but Bad Lieutenant oh, yeah, yeah. of Call New Orleans is amazing. And it, and But that's one where I'm like, I, 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 would you get 40 people for that? Like, yeah. maybe. I don't even know. Like, And that's the thing. Like, even look at my list of, like, best ones. It's like, you know, I think Mandy's worth the risk because you probably are a lot of people who didn't get to see on the big screen. Yeah. I think if you did one screening of that, you, you could maybe, you know, break even. And, like, I think Face Off... I really like Red Rock West, but the, I don't know. That might be one of those ones, kind of like what you were saying. With oh, the, you know with what? I really, I like known. the Scorsese movie. The oh um, yeah, Bringing Out the Dead. Yeah, I like that. Movie. That's been a while. It's and the first time I watched that, I didn't like it, but because it came when it came out, I was like a teenager, and I'm right. just like, oh, art, oh, you know, like this isn't. There's nothing funny about this. Yeah. And John, John Goodman's the co-star, right? Yes. Yeah, like so. I mean, people love him. Yeah. But 
But like, yeah, I mean, you know, adaptation, you know, maybe like that. Yeah. I think he was up for the Oscar for that one. So, I mean, there's definitely stuff. And, and he has done, uh, there's one he did re- well semi-recently called Army of One. Yeah. And I really talk up. I think it's on Netflix. And, and it's just really funny. It was directed by uh, Larry Charles, who did a lot of episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. God, and, I didn't even know about that one. And it's it's basically the plot is like, it's a comedy. Uh, and, and Crazy Cage, he has long hair, glasses, and he's kind of like a, a crazy, just like his the voice he does is great. And he basically is on a quest to kill Osama bin Laden. And so he goes to kill him and there's all it gets all like kind of esoteric, I guess. Um, and Russell Brand is partly in it. Uh, but but it's genuinely hilarious and the, the even funnier thing about that is that he was saying he and the director were saying that the studio took it from them and kind of cut out some of the best parts and so there's maybe half an hour of footage not even in it and so he was bemoaning so now when they think of that movie they think of it like as what could have been whereas i saw it and i was like it is hilarious throughout so i can't even imagine how great that movie might have been yeah but anyway bring that movie that bring is that movie. It, it, but yeah as a side note army of one totally worth checking out well i wrote a thing for the Targzine, for our friend's house of Targ across the street. Mm-hmm. I have a little monthly article where no, I just the, plug Mayfair movies. Targ Quarterly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote about Nick Cage and Color Out of Space. Color Out of Space? Yeah, Color yeah, Out yeah. of Space. I always question it myself, too. But I said that in... I looked it up because I was saying how in 2017 through 2019 alone hmm. nick cage did 18 feature films yeah he, he does about six a year That's and that about right. ranged from weird bonker horror movie like mom and dad in between worlds another to lesser known gem oscar winning comic book masterpiece <laughs> like spider-verse yeah and then upcoming he's got the crudes part two so completely super mainstream I think DreamWorks cartoon, yeah, you know? I think so, yeah. So he still got his foot in the mainstream. Yeah. And people say, like, oh, he needs the money. I'm like, I just think he's a workaholic it's now. Both, like, well, and he said that in an interview I read where he really respected those guys, those old stars who do, like, 100 movies. Yeah. And just, they just keep working because they love working. And they stay sharp and they know their craft. And so initially and probably a little bit now it was about the money like yeah. it's not entirely not just like any profession but he's doing this to leave a legacy and right. like that's why he does it and maybe that's just something people who are in debt say but like i believe him like he's he's a really smart guy like if you read an interview with him like he's not this bonkers lunatic like he 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 knows his craft he makes characters and he follows them through he's not some drunken lunatic you know like it's and there's a misconception that everything he does is straight to dvd mm -hmm. low budget weird action movies or whatever right there's some of that sure but also what was that one we screened jack was it just called jack uh joe joe you were close that was so good yeah was so good he was genuinely awesome in spider-verse as a voiceover actor Mandy's incredible. Oh, and he's you so know, restrained so... in Mandy, at least the first half. Yeah. That it, like, that character arc is just so well done. I mean, it, it, sure, it gets, like, crazy, but it, it, you don't, like, you kind of believe that universe, or at least I, I do. Yeah, <laughs> like... and I think we're due for him to become Christopher Lee sooner or later. Yeah. Maybe that, God, that could still be, like, 20 years away, but I think we're going to see him as a villain in a Marvel-type movie. We're going to see him more younger filmmakers who want to, almost like Travolta style, yeah. you know, he's going to be in a Pulp Fiction. He's going to be again, cause he's already an Oscar winner, right. you know, but I just don't think he's going anywhere. And I think no. he's going to keep doing 
all this stuff, yeah. you know? And all the stuff announced for this coming year, or, or the year we're in now, I guess, is just all so interesting, so different. Like, he's in that movie playing himself about, like, oh, yeah. struggling with, you know, talent and, like, like, it's an exaggerated version of himself. But, like, it sounds like an actual, we're trying to make a good movie here, like, adaptation-ish maybe but then he's also in that one where he's a janitor at a theme park where animatronic dinosaurs go crazy and he has to fight them oh my god and like you know another one where he's a pig hunter and he's trying to find this specific mushroom or whatever so it's just like his even if you don't like all these things like he's not making the same movie again and again you know he's not right. he's not uh bruce willising it or whatever or like travolta a little bit like you know, all due respect, of course, but it's just like that's the thing. I get a little upset, and I'm sure Cage Fest guy does too, where yeah. you just have him lumped in, where you're just like, oh, he's just making straight to DVD crap, all the same stuff. And you're like, sure, if you're not paying attention or if you want that to be the case. But he's, he, I always find the thing about Cage is he brings it. Like right. pretty much, pretty much always, he brings it. Even if the movie's not great, he makes it interesting or his parts are interesting. And you're like, okay, well, I mean, that wasn't great, but like he, he, he was entertaining throughout. He did his job. And like, I have so much respect for him f for that. And, and I mean, God, I really hope that this, this can work because, oh my, this would be so good. And we would be the place to do this. The house of cage, as I've referred to it. Yes. Do you remember where you were when you became a Nick Cage fan? Because I don't. Hmm. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, he didn't become my favorite actor until a handful of years ago. You know, probably like five, seven years ago when I really thought about it. Because, like, God, when I was younger, my favorite actors were Kevin Spacey and uh, Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And, like, I, for a little while, maybe Edward Norton, who hasn't done anything horrific, but apparently is very difficult yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And so, like, the, the more it went on, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I have the worst taste in people. <laughs> and even Cage seems on the surface, like, if it came out that he had, like, eaten a guy's head or something, I don't know. You wouldn't be that shocked. But, I, you know, I, th I think it was just once I really thought about – the the career as a whole you know and really looked through the various things you know i don't expect anyone to ever make every movie great no and the more i looked at it, i was just like man his he he really brings it and that's what i respect about him and going back through watching his older stuff now through the lens of what he's become it's so interesting because like he just he's he's over the top at times but restrained and just to, to be able to watch him hone that craft uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I think he was always a guy that I respected or like if I had seen a movie, I'd be like, oh, you know, I enjoyed that. But I didn't really think too much about it beyond that. Yeah. And, you know, and Oscars and awards and all that, you know, that doesn't that doesn't mean so much to me uh, as, as just like just actually trying. It means so much. And, it, and it's when you see people, you know, I don't want to harp on Bruce Willis again, but just. Every time he comes out with something, when he was in Looper or whatever, I'm like, please be good. Just please be good because, like, I, I like you and I get it. I get it. You know, money, script, not great, whatever. But then when you actually have an opportunity to be good or, or to be in, in an opportunity like that. And, and I thought he was very good in, in Looper. I thought he did a really good job. I don't know if Bruce needs a hug. <laughs> I don't know. We just watched a diehard behind-the-scenes thing. And you see young Bruce... And he just loves his yeah, job. Yeah, yucking it up. And the crew loves him. Yeah, and yeah. He's, he's like Hudson Hawk, but in real life, you know, yeah. just like shooting it up. And, uh. and I can't pinpoint where it went wrong. <laughs> but all I know is we just, as happens rarely, but we screened Die Hard 5 at the Mayfair. Wow. 
And that happens just every once in a while where yeah. it's a really slow week and a mainstream studio says, please play this. Yeah. And you kind of do it because then they owe you a favor and yeah. whatever. And you're like, I've liked Die Hard as a series. Yeah. <laughs> so I came to see Die Hard 5 and I love the first one. Two and three really enjoyed as well. Four did not like. Yeah. But I was like, okay, let's see what this one is. Sure. And in my humble opinion, I thought it was terrible. <laughs> and... Bruce just looked like he was sleepwalking. Yeah. Like just reading cue cards. And from what I understand, I've heard some interviews or some some talk on podcasts about the director or people who know the director. Yeah. And they kind of off the record said everybody there was trying except for Bruce. Yeah. And Bruce wasn't coming to rehearsals. Bruce wasn't doing a second take. Yeah. Bruce wasn't coming out of his trailer. Yeah, because you need him, not the other yeah. way around, basically. And it was just like makes you so sad because then you see other people who like making movies right and like their job and yeah it's too bad because bruce was the best he was cool and i remember yeah. seeing him on letterman back in the day and he was having fun and mm-hmm. but uh yeah he doesn't yeah. want to be there anymore it yeah. seems he's basically what people accuse cage of being at times yeah you know and it's just it's kind of uh, i guess it's sad but i don't know i mean like wh- it's funny that bruce <laughs> Willis was an unlikely action hero in the late 80s. Mm. And on the heels of that, inexplicably, Nick Cage became an action hero. Yeah. Because just look at him. And he's not, you know, Schwarzenegger. No. He's he's not a Jean-Claude martial arts kind of guy. No, no. He's a weird character actor who was very successful and then stumbled into being in face off and broken arrow yeah yeah or no it's the rock right the rock is what instigated it pretty much like that was his follow-up to winning the oscar which i love like yeah that is Uh. just so different but like yeah because that he really started like i I mean i was gonna say go off the rails but in a good way yeah he knew he could trust himself to just do what he's doing you know if i had the power to travel the multiverse and go to the alternate universe where Nick Cage and Tim Burton got to make their Superman movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. Although then we might not have had, like, Mandy and, like, this turn, like, what I if, don't know. What if their Superman movie went really well and he did a trilogy of them or something, you yeah, know? It's at like, least. Oh, man, and they could have done Justice League with but Cage. But you just, you just see him in the suit and you're like, that doesn't look right. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't look. Yeah, because, like, he's not, he's not, like, a beautiful man or anything. Not that you I'll have to you. be to be. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think he is. But, yes. like. You know, he's not, he's not the, like, I got, this feels good. But just for Superman, especially, they seem to hire kind of pretty boyish. He's not a square jawed Hollywood classic Christopher Reeve. Yeah. 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 He's not, you know, he's, he's a fine ghostwriter, but, you know, apparently. And supposedly Kevin Smith's script had what he hoped would be a Michael Keaton Batman cameo Mm. and references to Thanagar with the Hawkman and stuff. So it was really going to be nerdy. Yeah. And And like build to Justice League, maybe. Man. Man, what might have been? I don't know. I still want a Sinister Six movie. Like, that's a whole other thing. But like, uh, that could happen. I could see him playing Electro. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm you, trying to think. You he do whatever. Mysterio, too. Like, you know, he can, he, he can do anything. Nick Cage can do anything. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully uh, host a festival here. Maybe we can get him. Like, yeah. oh, man. That, that's, that's the surefire way for that festival to be successful is <laughs> if this Nick dude Cage can here. get Cage himself. <laughs> yeah. Man. Okay, let's wrap this up. I realize we went way too long, and I actually ran out to open the curtain and let people out. So I got to get back to work. But thanks for listening, everybody. As we mentioned earlier, I'm not sure I'm going to post this, but if you're looking for showtimes, just go on the website. Everything's on there. It's all good. Uh, And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The website is mayfairtheater.ca. 
Go visit our friends at House of Targ, and uh, we'll see you for a more normal episode sometime in the near future. Have fun. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. I was so surprised when they revealed that the Emperor was Nicolas Cage. What? (laughs) It's so weird. How was your weekend? It's all right, you know. There's nothing earth shattering. He was an ordinary guy. Morning, everyone. Morning. Looking for an extraordinary love. I'm Peter Lowe. Rachel. I brought this girl up to my place the other night. It started with a kiss. Really hot. A very special kiss. You wanted her very badly. Yeah. A kiss that could drive you mad. I hate interrupted love affairs, don't you? Yep, 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 yep. It's affecting his work. There you are! It's a horrible, horrible job. And you have to do it. It's ruining his appetite. My next appointment with you is uh, Tuesday afternoon. I'd like to make it sooner. It's spoiling his sleep. Sooner. And don't think people haven't noticed. Am I getting through to you, Alva? He is so eccentric. My, my. For Peter Lowe. Oh, sooner. That's just love. Love? Love. In the big city. Yeah! Don't laugh. I'm a professional. I don't laugh. I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! <laughs> Nicholas Cage. The tortures of the damned! Maria Conchita Alonso. Shoot. Do it or I'll fire you. Do you understand? <laughs> Not the floor, Alva. And Jennifer Beals. You are so pathetic. <laughs> Vampire's Kiss. Strange stuff. I'll never do that again. Jeez.